Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. My name is Spencer Powell, the president here at Builder Funnel. And each episode, we bring you marketing and sales strategies to fuel growth for your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. Hey, welcome to episode number 26 with Ethan Butte of BombBomb. Now in this episode, we sit down and talk about all things email. And more specifically, we talk about video email. We talk about when to automate, when to send personalized emails, and how much email is too much email. And I think you'll be surprised by the answer and what we talk about. So stay tuned for episode number 26. Again, this is with Ethan Butte of BombBomb. Hey, Ethan, how's it going today? Great. Thank you Good. so much. Glad to have you on the show. I feel like uh, I feel like it's overdue just because we've known each other for a long time and had you do some live events for us, some presentations, and I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, it's always a, an appreciated invite. Um, it's great to stay connected. I'm just surprised I did, was unable to show up in your studio to do it in person. <laughs> I know. We're both, uh, we're both in Colorado Springs, but caught Ethan on a week that, that he's in Michigan and having fun up there. So, uh, we'll we'll do a live one, you know, in person down the road or something. <laughs> cool. Well, I know um, we're going to talk about email today, but I kind of want to have you share a little bit of your your background, your story uh, for our audience, and kind of how you got into marketing. Sure. Yeah, it was uh, like a lot of stories, um, not really with a great deal of intention. In hindsight, exactly where I am makes perfect sense, but <laughs> you know, I didn't have a lot of career orientation. I was a really good student and I loved school and I um, was at the University of Michigan and you know, they were sending those postcards about what major to declare and junior year, mind you. And so I, you know, I looked at what I had done before and what it would take to get out clean in four years. And I wound up with communication and psychology and started getting a little bit more serious, joined the PR club. And all the kids were talking about their internships at radio stations and television stations and newspapers. So I went back to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I am right now, and uh, reached out to all the TV stations, wound up getting an internship in television and ended up in that business for... Uh, a dozen years or so, a little bit more than a dozen years, uh, writing, producing, and editing TV spots, radio spots, uh, print ads. Later on, of course, social media campaigns, building campaigns from all those elements, and running teams of people doing the same. And then, um, you know, when you—I don't know about you, but you know, after doing something for a dozen years, I started getting this itch to do something a little bit different. You know, sure. a lot of my friends are still doing it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, different, different personality types, but, um, you know, I was, I was getting a, a bit bored with what I was doing, um, because there's a very cyclical nature to it, seasonal annual nature to it. And, um, and the business was changing too. It wasn't as much fun as it was in the beginning. <laughs> and, uh, so I was doing a lot of project work with a lot of people. And I ended up, uh, meeting the co-founder, one of the two co-founders of BombBomb at the NBC station there in Colorado Springs. And, 
Um, I was doing project work for them before I joined full time and some other, you know, email writing, video making, landing page writing, et cetera. So I was doing a lot of project work and turned that into, I guess I would call myself a content marketer above all. Yeah, yeah, point. that's awesome. And I know, you know, we first met, I think, when you were still in, in the TV world. And and then now you've been with, with BombBomb for a number of years. And I mean, you guys have seen some tremendous growth, but maybe you can share just a little bit of what you guys are doing. I mean, you're doing video email, which is which is super cool. But I know there's some nuance to that. And, and so maybe you can just give a little bit of context for what you guys are doing with email today. Sure. Yeah. At a really high level, um, you know, I think we can all recognize that we're better in person. Uh, I don't care what your role is. I don't care if you're a direct salesperson of a product or a service, or you're in an admin role or any role at all. Um, if you're working in a professional context, you are influencing, you're persuading, cajoling, you know, influencing in some way, um, helping people see something differently or move them from one position to another or all these different things. And we're all more effective in terms of connecting with people and communicating with people in person. And so uh, the company was founded in 2006 and it was founded kind of on this core premise, not kind of, it was founded on this core premise <laughs> that we're better in person, but Every day we rely so much, we entrust some of our most important and therefore most valuable messages to plain typed out text. And your email looks exactly the same as my email. You might be a little bit better writer or you might speak a little bit differently than I do when you type things out. Our email signatures are different, but fundamentally, you know, competitor to competitor, your email looks exactly the same when in fact all that email's job is, is to get someone to respond and schedule an appointment so you can get together in person or you can get together on a webinar or you can you know, present something to them. And so our idea of video and email isn't about stuffing uh, you know, your, the web video that you paid 2,500 bucks to have produced into an email and expect that it's gonna magically be better than if it was out on Facebook or somewhere else. <laughs> the premise here is that you are better in person. We wanna put your best sales asset forward. So we make it really easy to record and send video messages from our web app. And you can send that to one person or a lot of people, your entire database if you want. You can do it from our mobile apps. You can do it from Gmail or Outlook. We have integrations there. We have an integration with Salesforce, and we have dozens of other CRM and platform integrations. And so now, you know, seven years after joining full-time, we have tens of thousands of people in dozens of countries around the world, uh, primarily in businesses like real estate, mortgage, insurance sales, financial services, automotive sales, uh, education. A lot of as as education moves online a lot more, there's a lot more communication being done there, and and other roles like that. I and mean, literally all kinds of people, nonprofits and ministries, up to tons of home builders, um, and people representing home builders, whether that sales representative is internal or whether they're contracting, uh, you know, with the builder to represent a new development or something. You know, the obvious show and tell of properties and things and home improvements and. Um, you know, people that are, I have a roofer, for example, a guy that does roofing and siding, and he will shoot videos up on someone's roof from his iPhone and send them out to the client just to let them know what he's seeing and, and what's going on up there and what they plan to do and things like that. So as he's working in the middle of the day, someone else is at the office, but they know, A, this guy's on the job and he's working on my behalf, and B, he's managing expectations um, and letting people know what's going on. So there's infinitely many ways to use it. Our whole goal is help you get face-to-face more often with more different people. Anytime you're about to type something out, 
with your thumbs and hit send. <laughs> we want to be an option for you. Not every email needs to have a video and it. We want to be an option for you to record and send that. Um, and then, of course, we track all the results, so you know, who's engaging with it and when and how often and all those things so you can follow yeah, up. Yeah, I think I think you make some really good points there, which is one, you know, we're we're better in person. So how can we get more of those in-person moments in a relationship, whether that's, you know, prospecting or an existing customer? And you rattled off, you know, an example there where, you know, you've already landed a project, but you're, you know, working on the roof. And and I kind of want to uh, sidestep just a hair and talk, you know, a lot of our audiences builders, remodelers, contractors, you know, and what I hear a lot from them is I don't want to send email because I think I'm going to annoy my prospects or annoy my customers. So even just thinking about a newsletter or something like that, and I know, you know, email has lots of purposes and especially video email, you've got some, some nuance there, but what would you, you know, what would you say to that? If somebody says, Hey, I don't want to send too much email or I don't want to send any email kind of blasting that out there because I think I'm going to annoy people. I agree. You don't want to send too much email, but the consumer decides how much is too much, right? The three main things, any email should be, and this is ideal. This is if you're doing it amazingly, perfectly well. And I've <laughs> sent millions and millions of emails and I don't do it perfectly myself, but what we're always shooting for is timely relevant and anticipated. I think where people go astray and say, uh, my email's not performing is that it's not timely or relevant or anticipated. And so kind of blended in there is, you know, when you have something to share out, if you need something or you have something to share or th that type of thing, email's a great channel to do it, but it needs to be done in a targeted way to people that it's relevant to, right? So if you have a database, let's just go with a home builder right? The database filled with all kinds of different people who've engaged with you in a variety of ways. Some of them have been living in, in developments that you put up five years ago and they're still in your database. And at the same time, you have someone who's uh, 24 and a first time home buyer and they, they reached out to somebody that represents one of your projects. And so, you know, you have all these various fields and then you have various stakeholders as well. You have customers and prospects, you have your own employees and your potential recruits. You want to keep growing your organization with really awesome people. You have the suppliers and partners that you work with in some kind of an ecosystem. And so creating one message, whether it's a newsletter or a special offer or a, even an appreciation party for all these people, <laughs> taking everyone all at once and just blasting people on a regular basis, of course, is not going to wind up being something that everybody wants. And so consumers consistent. I see this all the time because I'm always making this, uh, I'm always reacting to the email is dead <laughs> argument and silly because it's been going on longer than I've been, than I've been in email marketing, which is yeah. now about it's still one years. of the best channels to just get right directly to somebody. It's a hundred percent. And it's something that everybody has. It's interoperable. It doesn't like when you when you send something from one platform, it's going to look fine on the other platform. Everyone uses it, et cetera. And people know how to manage their email. So I would say it's only too much if it's, if it's not good stuff sent to the right people. Um, you should have no fear of someone opting out. That's actually a good thing. The, what you, you prefer that 100 times out of 100 over someone marking you for abuse because you're sending too much irrelevant email. So for me, I think I would say you really can't send too much as long as it's good stuff for the right people. And you have feedback on that to let you know, 
right? It's one of the most trackable channels. So you put a video up on LinkedIn and they'll tell you how many people watch. And if you're premium, you can probably see some information I can't see, but your email platform will tell you exactly who's doing what, exactly how often they'll do it. They should be racking up scores over time. So you know who the most engaged people in your database are. There's so many reasons to be using email and consumers prefer it. I've seen that in a number of studies. How would you prefer to be contacted by a business? Yeah, email. Email almost always. Yeah. yeah. Don't call me. <laughs> yeah, don't call me. Don't text me either. That's yeah. a little bit too personal. Totally. Right. Unless we're unless it's a you know an alert that's that I signed up for something super relevant to the immediate transaction. But I don't want updates on what's going on in your company in my text message. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we all know the reach of social is very, very limited. You can't rely on Facebook to get an important message to your core community of you know, prospects and customers or suppliers or whatever. I mean, this is straight to the people that need and want to yeah, see Yeah. And I think that's awesome. I mean, for everybody listening, just thinking about what are the best ways to get directly in front of somebody, you know, email is probably the best channel. If not, it's in the top two or three. And to your point, you, you almost can't send too much, but with the caveat that it is good stuff and it's relevant and timely. And so, you know, we almost want to flip it to the other end of the spectrum. Whereas, you know, we're thinking about, oh, I don't want to send any email. How can I send more email as long as it's good? I'm on some lists where I get an email every day, you know, whether it's a blogger, a thought leader, somebody, you know what, I read every single darn one of those emails, because it's always good. It's always got something even if the whole email isn't for me. And so I think that just kind of puts it in perspective. Hey, there, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Builder Funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you want to learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one -on -one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment and I'll never pressure you to buy from us, although we're confident you'll improve your marketing sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What I would love to hear from you is, you know, what are a couple of good use cases for email? I think a lot of times we kind of get pigeonholed into this, let's send a newsletter, let's send it every month, and it's just kind of that's the thing we do with email, um, you know, but what can we do with prospects and leads? What can we do, you know, at a mass scale, but also on a personalized scale, like maybe it's in the sales process. And then you, you mentioned one example of, hey, I've already landed a customer and how can I increase their experience and delight them? Maybe, maybe touch on a few examples just to give some people some more ideas of, you know, getting outside the newsletter box. Yeah, I'll give you... Um... You just inspired a couple thoughts there. I hope I can capture them all here in the response. So again, I, I, I outlined some stakeholders, 
Yeah. Right. Employees and recruits, suppliers and partner network. But let's focus on prospects and customers. So you look at prospects and customers and they have various stages of relationship with you. That's what your CRM is typically about, uh, no matter what you're using. So you have someone who uh, maybe connected with you online and filled out a form or gave you an email address. Then you have someone that maybe showed up at an in-person thing, whether it's some kind of a an, an open house or the demo center or whatever the case may be. And then you have people who have actually scheduled appointments with you or your team, uh, phone calls or in person or whatever. Um, you have people who are under contract to buy something or to take you up on a service offering. Uh, you have people that are that you're actively serving. Then you have people that you have served in the past. And then of course, uh, from there, you hopefully set up a scenario where you continue to produce repeat and referral business from that person. So you have this full life cycle of a person. And so if you're thinking about an email strategy and you're like, my gosh, I, um, I agree. Uh, with what I just heard, but I, I don't um, I don't have the staff or the material or whatever to produce a daily email. Don't worry about that. Think about the, maybe the four or five main stopping points along a journey with you and your business, and think about what are the most frequently asked questions that you get from people at each of those stages, and then write a short series of emails. and And when you decide, do I take everything? A someone who's now under contract needs to know and just dump it all into one email that like scrolls and scrolls <laughs> and scrolls. No, sequence it and break it down. And the same thing, when someone uh, gives you an email address online, you know what are their typical questions? And you know when someone gets into uh, a scheduled appointment with you, what is it that they heard or saw that helped move them from this place to that place? And write two or three or four emails to address that need at the at the very high. I gave you an email address level to nurture them to the next stage and nurture them to the next stage and nurture them to the next stage. And again, if you base this in frequently asked questions, it is going to be of value. Hey. At this point, because you've done this or, or asked that or filled out this form or scheduled an appointment, you might be wondering this or this. Here's a little bit on this. Here's a little bit on that. Click here for some kind of a resolve or to get on the phone and talk to us or to watch a recorded webinar or to schedule an appointment or whatever the case may be, like a nice call to action. So I think that format is super effective in general. It's a great way to use email. You can do it automated. Ideally, you'd have a system that would allow you to tie those together. And this goes out on day one. This goes out day three. This day goes out day four. And this goes out day seven. Four emails, seven day sequence or something like that. Then the other layer and to kind of tie video back in or that kind of wow moment or whatever. Yeah. Look at the analytics and see who's really engaging with this stuff. Someone that maybe hasn't replied, hasn't scheduled a demo or whatever. Um, but you see that they're engaging with the email. And so you maybe pop them a video and say, Hey, Mary, my name is Ethan with bomb bomb builders. Um, you know, you connected with us online last month. I sent you some information. I just wanted to reach out and see if you had any specific questions about your situation that I might be able to answer here in email or on a quick call or even on an in-person uh, get-together. I'm open to all those things. We're here to help. Um, just wanted to make, make sure you knew uh, that there was a face behind those emails, and I hope you have an awesome day. Take care, right? So um, that's a blend of automated stuff, timely, relevant um, and, and largely anticipated, right? It's not like they opted in for your newsletter or whatever. That would be an anticipated thing. When you signed up for a daily email, you expected to get an email every day. That's anticipated. Yeah. 
And then the last thing I would add here for a newsletter is something that we've been doing for several years now. We didn't out of the gate because I was a one-man crew for a long time and I could it's just enough to get done everything I got done. But <laughs> um, you, could, um, you could create two or three versions of a newsletter or just one, but it's only for one of those demos. So like you have these really high level people that you've gone through the nurture sequence, you've done the other touches, you know, you've maybe made some phone calls out of, out of your own office or out of a call center. You've maybe sent some direct mail, whatever else you're doing there to support that. I like to think of newsletters, not as newsletters, uh, you know, dated August, you know, 2018 or something. I like to think of them as a live nurturing sequence. This is a way to participate in the storyline of our company, our values, our product, our service, our customers, our successes, our challenges, our news, our industry. And so when someone engages with us at a really high level, we'll include them um, in a newsletter sequence. And so it's a way, instead of producing a nurture sequence that goes out 90, 90 days or you know 12 months, right? I see this happen all the time and I fall into the trap myself. I don't know if you have, but you build a 12 month nurture sequence. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, even six months later, people haven't even gone through it and you realize that it's kind of outdated. And so yeah, something changed and it yeah, breaks the whole chain. Yeah. Yeah. Like the product changed, the price changed, the, the something, something is no longer relevant. That person is no longer here. The, all these small things. So it just gives you a lot to maintain. I like to make a much shorter nurture sequences and then use a, a more continual piece. It's kind of a continue, like more like live nurturing where people can stay in touch with relevant stuff because someone might engage with you online, but their buying window is six to nine months out. But instead of building a nine month sequence and just hoping that it's still relevant 12 months from now, everything you build, you have to keep alive. Totally. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. No, I, thoughts there. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I mean, going back to, to what you just asked, I mean, we we did go down that path for a little bit. Hey, let's build this six month, 12 month, you know, nurturing sequence and quickly discovered one, that's a boatload of upfront work just to build it. And then yeah. two, all the reasons you just said it, it becomes outdated, something changes. And so we do kind of a sprint format, we call it a sprint nurturing series. It sounds like what you were just talking about, yeah. you know, one to two weeks, four or five emails, but then they automatically get the regular stuff, the regular program, which is the newsletter, whatever you want to call it. But it's, uh, you know, for that, for that use case. Um, so I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, kind of thinking through these FAQs. And I think that's really helpful because it gives people some, some content to think about and go, okay, I'm in this scenario in the sales process. What questions do I get? Okay, let me create three or four little emails for that. Okay, I get to the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have it and you don't have to keep retyping it, even if they're all just templates, and you're just going to one off send them. Um, how, how have you seen video, you know, integrated into that? So same concept, I guess, does that have a tendency to raise open rates, engagement, that sort of thing? I mean, I definitely buy into the concept of, hey, we're trying to build the relationship, I should get in front of them visually. But do you have any sort of stats or data that show video creates a more engaging email experience? Yeah, we did a survey, a review of, I think it was like a, a time period where we sent 15 million emails. It was like last January. So just and, a couple of emails, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, video in the um, uh, in the subject line increased open rates 8.3% and, inc and increased 
um, click-through rates in the email by 35%. Above all, what our customers report, I did a survey, I got about 500 of our customers to fill it out. I am going to get these numbers exactly right. 81% <laughs> of them reported an increase in replies and responses to their emails when they started using video compared to traditional typed out text. That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah. 87 and one in six said they doubled or more than doubled their reply rate. 87% of people said they increased their click through rate, and 25% of those people said they doubled or more than doubled their click through rate. 60, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna be off maybe a couple of points on this one. Like 68% of people reported an increase in lead conversion. This is a key one, especially for video. 90% of people said they stay in touch more effectively with video, and 40%, 38% of them said they doubled or more than doubled their ability to stay in touch in an effective manner. And then it was about 60% said they generate more referrals. And so that's just some of the, the types of feedback that we're getting. The key thing is you don't go to video every time. It's just another touch. You want to kind of mix up the cadence a little bit. And so if you're doing some teaching, especially in this frequently asked questions, you could create a little 90 second video where you cover the three most common questions. First time home buyers uh, tend to get stuck on, right? If you're representing a, um, you know, a new neighborhood development or something. You know, for people that are looking to redo their kitchens, these are the three most common questions we get. And instead of, you know, creating a scrollable article style thing that's easy to Google, you are now the authority and they feel like they know you a little bit. That's a super powerful dynamic, by the way. They feel like they know me before they meet me. So it's the situation where when I show up at the appointment, we don't have to go through all the general niceties and I don't have to tell you that. Um, you know, some of our clients meet clients out like at a neighborhood coffee shop or something. It's not like, you know, I'm going to be the guy in the blue jacket and the red tie. It's, <laughs> hey, it's Ethan, right? Like they, they feel like they know you before they ever meet you because they have functionally met you. But this ability for you to express yourself, convey um, your enthusiasm, your knowledge, your expertise, all these things that don't come through when you type stuff out, um, being able to do that in, in videos is really, really powerful. And, um, you know, as much as this is part of our origin story as well, uh, Connor McCluskey, one of our two co-founders was selling outdoor for Lamar. He was selling billboard placements. And he said, I knew they weren't buying billboards exclusively. They were buying me. They were buying my energy. They were buying my strategy. They were buying my personality. He knew that they were buying this whole bundle, right? And so when you're trying to build trust and rapport out of the gate, especially against competitors, this ability to let them know that you're a real person who's competent, who's willing to look you in the eye through the lens and answer your needs, answer your interests, either in this kind of canned format we were talking about before, where I'm going to talk about frequently asked questions that people like you tend to run into, and it's part of a nurture sequence, or, hey, Mary Lou, Ethan here, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, um, this is another great use case, especially if you're against competitors. You send a video before, as you schedule every appointment as an appointment reminder, and you build up the value unit. Hey, um, in this meeting, we're going to go through this and this and this. It's a great session. Really looking forward to seeing you Thursday at four o'clock at your house or whatever. And then the, the money in the bank is after the appointment. Hey, uh, Bob and Jennifer, Ethan here. Hey, 
thank you again so much for your time this afternoon. I heard you say this and this. I'm really excited about those things. I felt like there was a little bit of concern around this. I just wanted to remind you that our company uniquely does this blah, 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 overcome objections and those kinds of things. Um, and especially in competitive situation, it just kills because no one else is doing it. Yeah. And I think that was the thing I was thinking about right before you said it is going, gosh, if you're the one sending video, even pre pre-appointment, you know, imagine you've talked to three companies on the phone and you're the one that sent the video and they can already see you and know you. And then when you show up, it's just, oh yeah, I'm talking to this, this person I've already yeah. met and you're already that, you know, step ahead of your competition. And, and to your point, the after, after, you know, to handle objections or just as a personal follow-up, you know, you're getting more of those visual touches in, even if you just want to logically think about it from a marketing standpoint, like we got to get our touches in, but they're yeah. all human touches. Yep. And, and if the decision maker for some reason winds up not being in the room or, or one of the decision makers, this video gives them something that they can forward where they can still experience, you know, I don't know about you, but I try to schedule all the important things that happen at our house with my wife because it's important that she know and is comfortable with this person and this company. And we make a lot of decisions based on person. We did a pretty expensive furnace replacement and air conditioning install uh, a year and a half ago. And we talked to three different people and both of us talked to all three people. And I think about, you know, one guy was just, he's just a creepy dude. The price was fair. The brand he represented was legit. Consumer Reports likes the brand. It was all good. But we both sat there and said, no, yeah. right? Like I, I, you know, I bought everything about it except the person. And I think about if I wasn't there or if she wasn't there, I mean, I would just trust her judgment. She said, you know what? He, I just didn't like the guy. I didn't like his presentation. I didn't like his approach. Um, you know, I would have supported that, but I wouldn't exactly have known what she was talking about. So I've heard this in a variety of industries, not just in a direct sales situation where there might be a gatekeeper in front of the decision maker and sending a video into the gatekeeper, you can see with the analytics that it's getting open multiple times and the video is being played multiple times. The gatekeeper isn't watching the video six times. The gatekeeper has decided that it, it you've given me a format that makes it easy for me to put you in-person-ish, the next best thing, in front of the decision maker. So I forward this video email, and now this video is in front of five other people who can now get your very best pitch, which, by the way, is not your typed-out text. It's who you are. <laughs> yeah, and it's certainly not your relayed pitch from somebody else. You know? Right, so, right. Correct. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. You're, you're more than your five-page flip book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about you know a couple more things as we wrap for today, and that is when to automate and when not to. Obviously, with these personalized, you know, hey Bob, hey Mary, we're sending a video. That's ideal in a lot of situations, but you know, how should people be thinking about that? You know, because there will be a lot of email by the time we think about all this, and yeah, and not everyone has you know infinite time to spend on email. So what are what are some good scenarios to automate, and then when should you avoid automation and do everything you can to be personal. Yeah. I mean, like I said in that, in that last pass about some different structures you could start employing, I think all of that is automated, right? All sure. you just set those neat nurture sequences up, you time together in a sequence and you automate it. And ideally your situ, 
you know, worst case scenario, someone at your office has to manually drop them into that sequence because somebody knows that happened. Ideally, your system would drop them into that sequence so that it would happen automatically. Sure. Um, I think any of the highly transactional stuff, if you already have a system that sends appointment reminders, use it. But take care to personalize the appointment follow-up. When you start thinking about the value of any of these transactions, it's really easy for you. Like, even if you're going to do a handwritten note, even if you're going to send a gift card, even if you're going to do any of these other things, uh, a, a personal follow-up there, specific and custom to what they need, especially if it's video, is always a really nice touch. Um, you know, a, a newsletter type message. I'm sure you've built many of them yourself. Hopefully you have team members that do that with and for you now. Um, uh, you know, you have to build it, but you still use the list that's in the system. And especially we see, we segment six different newsletters. We could probably move to eight or 10 if we didn't have so many other things going on. But, um, you know, we, we take um, six segments and we use the list building, smart list building feature in our platform, uh, which is HubSpot. To, um, to send out an, an email that we built. So that's not purely auto automated, but it's not personal either. So there's some hybrid stuff there. Um, I would think about anytime you want to say thank you, that's a, obviously a great person. Thank you for the referral. Thanks for taking care of my clients. Thanks for taking the time to meet with me. All of those types of touches are, you know, those are the things that you do kind of out of your inbox. Uh, uh, one tip, by the way, when you set up automated emails, I, this is my personal opinion, but it comes from years of experience. I, I would argue someone to the ground on this unless they had very <laughs> unique circumstances. When you set up these automated emails, send them from a real person at your company. Don't send them from a distribution list. Don't send them from a generic address. And God forbid, don't do the worst, which is the no reply Right, like <laughs> right, yeah. Isn't that what you want? <laughs> yeah, we truly. And this is, and I, I ended on that one because it's the exact opposite. These are all your email, even if the call to action isn't to reply. These are great opportunities. If someone replies to an email, even if they're angry or frustrated, these are great opportunities to directly interact with a human being who has some something on the line with you and your company and your service and your product. So they're replying for a reason, and so for years, and I still get tons of replies, I always sent all of our special offers, all of our newsletters from my personal email address because I got to know the customer. Some things I would forward into support, some things I would forward to our sales team, some things I would handle directly, some things I would forward to another team member that it was more appropriate for. But but that gives someone an immediate response and lets them know that there's a, another person on the end of that email and that your company truly cares about that opportunity. And that's the key. You actually have to truly care or else, you know, you're not going to do it very well. And so yeah. I think, I think the ability to give someone a quick reply, I always carved out time when I knew a newsletter or a large send was going out, I would carve out some time in my day, 15 minute blocks every hour to, um, I would try my best to make sure that I was cleaning up all those responses in a very, very timely manner, because it is a privilege for someone to come back into your business inbox uh, with even with a problem, but certainly with a question or an opportunity or a you know request for a demo or a request for an appointment. Those those really positive things, you know, talking about renewals or contract extensions or whatever the case may be. Um, it's all a privilege to communicate directly with a customer, especially in this digital era.
That's awesome. And I like how you, you framed it as a, as a privilege. I mean, that's what it is. People can opt out, they can unsubscribe, they can spam you, they can block you, you know, they and can so pick other people. Yeah, they can go the other direction. They can say so. bad things about you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, negative ways that that could go. And so yeah, you want to honor that. And, and I like how you phrase that. So I've got one more question for you. Uh, but before I get to that, how can people connect with you learn more about BombBomb? What's the best way to do that? Well, we're uh, BombBomb um, on most social platforms, BombBomb HQ on Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're BombBomb, LinkedIn, we're BombBomb, uh, website is just BombBomb.com. Oh, I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> it's just the word bomb twice. Um, and we have a two-week free trial on the website if you just want to get in there and mess around with it. BombBomb and Gmail uh, especially is amazing. It will change your Gmail inbox and more importantly, your relationship with the people you communicate through your Gmail or Google apps inbox. So bombbomb.com is a Google apps domain. So we all use Gmail. So, um, number of ways to use it and give you a chance to get in there and try it out and say thank you to a handful of people and see if it makes a difference. And I'm certain that it will. Cool. And, yes. uh, if anyone has questions about any of this content, you can email me directly, Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com. Cool. Yeah. And thank you for that. And so definitely take Ethan up on the free trial. If you want to test your, your hand at video email, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and to wrap up the show, one last question. If you had to give one piece of advice for people thinking about email and their email strategy, and you just had to boil it down to one thing, what would you say to them? I would say that, and this goes kind of back to, I don't want to send too much a little bit. Every single email you send trains people to open or to delete your next email because you're from name, you're from email address. We get to know these things and you start to learn pretty quickly after you open five or six emails from a brand or a company or even a person. Um, whether or not it's going to be useful to you. And so there are emails that I haven't unsubscribed to yet, but it's a guaranteed swipe every time. It is way too easy to delete an email to do it poorly. And so really think about uh, what you're sending and who you're sending it to. Just because you have an important message doesn't mean it's important to every single email address you have in your database. So um, know that you're training people whether or not you're good at email every time you send it. And so to take a little caution there. That's awesome. I think that's great advice to end on. And Ethan, thank you so much for joining me today. This, this was great. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate the invite. And uh, I will, especially if you're catering Chipotle, take you up on an in-person uh, episode, whenever you want to do that. Sounds good. We'll make it happen. It'll, it'll be in a couple months and, and we'll do it. So thanks, okay. Ethan. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, I hope you just enjoyed that episode with Ethan. And I just wanted to recap the takeaways really quick because we covered a lot of waterfront. So I'm going to give you a few action items so that you can take that, download you know, the information, process what you've listened to, and then actually put it into action because that's what it's all about. So I think first thing that I would say is think about those FAQs or the questions that you get in the sales process and jot those down and then see if you can break it down into three or four FAQs per section of your sales process. And then I would probably throw in a bonus, you know, once you close a deal, can you think of a few questions that are that would be for some really good follow-up emails right after that? So that would be action item number one. Action item number two would be if you have a nurturing program, maybe audit that a little bit and see if you can condense it down into a one or two week time frame and not have this really long extended nurturing campaign. And think of your newsletter and kind of your regular email as kind of that live program of people staying in touch with your company, getting information, 
and remember to be helpful. And that's action item number three, which is add a step to every email that you send out to think about what Ethan said right at the end, which was every email is training you to either have your prospects open your next email or delete it. And so maybe just add a little checkbox and, and it could just be, is this email worth sending? You know, should I send it? Is the person going to get some value out of it? And I think if you have that checkbox and you think about it each time, you'll start training people more and more that they do want to open your email. So those are my three takeaways from the episode. Good luck. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.